Hello everybody, welcome to episode 164, that is 164, it's the ENS Wolves Podcast. It's been 14, my peeps, 14 weeks without football. You're going to be rusty, it's going to take your time to get back into the groove. Bish, bash, bosh, two wins in five days, it may be warm outside Joe Edwards, but Wolves are on fire! They're scorching, Scorchio. Uh, a flaming hot. They are inferno, like a, uh, bubbling hot like a soup in a pot. Bubbling hot, like a like a the epicenter of a volcano. If that's the right term, is that epicenter the right term? Volcano? I think it probably is. Back into back back going to my GCSE geography days, it probably um, isn't. Uh, you probably got that question wrong, mate, on your GCSE. But, but I think I think I'll give you it. But, lava, flaming hot the, lava. Yeah, the the feeling, the mm. uh, you know the the, the sensations that uh, walls provide are very much ones that get you a uh, you know very tingly and yes, uh, hot under the collar, hot under the collar, a bit mm. sweaty, very nice. Um, it's exactly what we wanted, isn't it? They're they're back, and they're back doing what they do: winning games of football, keeping clean sheets. And uh, making us all very happy in the process. Yeah, I mean, I did, I did enjoy. It. Obviously, you know, I wasn't at West Ham, but 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 uh, got got into got into Wolves yesterday. And um, look, it's a very bizarre atmosphere. It's a very strange feeling. We we kind of saw it at Olympiacos. We saw it against West Ham, but seeing it at home against Molyneux, you know, you felt a bit guilty watching it. To be honest, with 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 thirty thousand plus fans not in there, but at the same time. It just shows how difficult it is to play in that kind of atmosphere. It wasn't a classic. It wasn't great to watch at times. But you've got to probably give Bournemouth a bit of credit there. Going to that game, they are fighting for their lives. They made it very difficult to walk for Wolves to play. And yet, that second half, they were, they were superb. And that heat, that heat. I mean, it was 32, 33 degrees yesterday at times. To play in that and then to, to produce some of the, the quality that they did in that second half... It's fantastic. They have started so, so well. They look fitter than a lot of the teams. They look happier than a lot of the teams. And I tell you what, if you're Chelsea in fourth, and 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 if you're Leicester in third, you will be you will be keeping one eye on Wolves, I guarantee you. Oh, yeah. I mean, they have came back swinging. And they've come, they've come back like they've never really had any time off. I think... You know, this break, it has helped Wolves, really. They're, they're looking really fresh. You look at players like, um, just off the top of my head, but you look at Ruben Neves in the uh, middle of the park. It looks like he's gained a yard or two a pace. I mean, I, I know he's that's not really his game, um, his speed or whatever. Just got that extra z- bit of zip about him, winning winning balls back. and I, I, He picked up a cynical booking against... Bob have kind of took one for the team, but when he's chasing back, it looks like he's got that extra bit of spring in his step. And players like Matt Doherty, you know, because of how high energy he is, I think he goes through times in the season, perhaps Matt, that where he looks a bit more leggy than others. But um, he looks bang on it as well, fitness wise. You know, us. You know, I had a bit of a chat with Cody after the game last night. Good to. Be kind of, I mean, we're just saying off air that it's actually been a while since we've heard from him, which is strange. But, um, you know, he was just talking about how great that the medical department and the coaching staff have, have got, have been, and to, to get them in the shape that they're in. And uh, 
they're fit and foaming, and if you if you are a Chelsea and you're a Manchester United, you are looking over your shoulder. And and Leicester, um, I mean, strangely, I think they could be the team, uh, even though they're in third, that's perhaps in the most danger of anyone. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. Um, what did you make of the whole the whole scenario yesterday? It's the first time I've had my temperature check going into a stadium, Joe. Can you remember what you registered at? I registered at a uh, thirty-six point five. What what was yours? I was I was thirty four point eight. Oh, cool! And, uh, Ice in your veins. <laughs> they said it was the it was the coldest they'd, they'd measured on the day. So I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm either I'm either yes I'm either super cold or a little bit icy or just dead. I don't I don't know one or the other. But dead in, um, you're dead inside. I've is, got is, to is um, I've got to I've got to pull you up though, mate. I mean, I was um, we were in the car park yesterday, uh, waiting to waiting to get out the green light to go into the stadium. And I was chatting to Spears, and we were all very, um, very much. Um, I would say, I would say I was slightly maybe underdressed, but I, I don't think you can be underdressed in that heat. Spears yeah. wore a black shirt, cargo and jeans. shorts, and flip flops. Well, Class- I don't know. Classic Judah. Yeah, yeah, little shorts and flip. The designer flip flops, though, mate. To be fair, Paul. Right. Um, Spears turns up in his black car with his black shirt and his grey jeans on. I couldn't believe that. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? Like, you know, you got, you got to be, you got to be at least wear a bit of white. Um, just you know. Kind of like reflect that heat. Don't 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 have it all under your shirt, and mm. then and then and then you rock up. Yeah. And you're, wearing, you're wearing a jacket. You're wearing, mm. you're wearing a light jacket. I could not believe it. It was absolutely boiling. Yeah, but you know, I just it was it was lighter clothes. I was wearing um, blue jeans, which for me is a rarity. Of of a, of, of a famously been a. Uh, black jeans exclusively um, for, for, for for many years. Blue jeans for me is a big step. Big um, step in the right direction is so so changed your issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, married man, changed man, you know. Blue jeans. Um, but yeah, perhaps uh, with the benefits of hindsight, uh, on reflection, uh, the jacket wasn't needed. I got back and I was absolutely ringing wet. Well, um, serves you right, I'll be honest. Uh, had a cold shower though. That uh, that sorted it, sorted it all out. Nice cold shower. Uh, so so yeah, for people who didn't didn't realise and didn't, didn't know what went on yesterday for us, it, it was quite interesting. We had to we had to walk. We had to wait for our temperature to be checked to go into the ground, and then go up the stairs, up to the up to the press box. It was really weird. I think walking in, especially the concourses, Joe, was it was kind of eerie really because mm. you had some of the. See Senor piping in, and and uh, you know a little a little bit of um, Hi Ho Wolverhampton, and yet there was no one there to be seen. So it was quite crazy. We got to our seats. We were all two meters apart. We had little little green stickers on our seats, uh, so we could we could stay in those. We we had to we had to stay in there. And couldn't go anywhere else because obviously you know then you you're not complying with social distancing. The the players come out. It's quite funny. They had the the match announcer reading out the teams. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey! Uh, Zoom calls afterwards. It was. It's just. It's the new norm. Hopefully, it's not here. Not not here to stay for for much longer. Um, and and uh, fingers crossed, we get back to some kind of normality for next season. But you know, I thought and, and fair play to to Max Fitzgerald and, and and the media team at Wolves. I thought it it went off seamlessly. To be fair. Yeah, they did a good job, and uh, we're not we're not just saying that just to kind of you know pat Wolves on the back, but. Um, I had, you know, I was lucky enough to go to West Ham as well uh, last weekend, and um, I must say Wolves had, you know, done a more seamless job. I, I think inevitably there was a 
it was the kind of the first round of fixtures for West Ham, and maybe that'll get better as the the come. It wasn't wasn't bad by any means, but um, it was just more the kind of pre-match element really at West Ham. Um, you know, there wasn't really much kind of build-up um, in terms of like you know piping in the crowd noise, as you say. Um, there was none of that really, and you know the London Stadium doesn't really feel like a football ground at the best of times, but didn't feel like one at all it was just kind of you know a, it was kind of sat in silence until the teams came out as where at Wolves of course that big massive uh, safe bank mosaic which is uh, phenomenal I think it was Ben Mortimer who's, who's behind that he's done an in- incredible job with that um, and you had the as you say the crowd noise piping in the, the, the stadium announcer kind of reading off the names as you normally would and you know it might sound like little stuff but Nuno said it in his pre-match press conference that we're doing our best to to prepare for the games and treat them like we normally would I mean before we'd get a home game usually Wolves these players would stop at a hotel the night before even for a home game uh, and then travel over to, to Molyneux in the morning uh, they weren't able to do that, so they but they still went to the hotel on the day of the game, had a bit of time to rest there, and then travelled over to to Molyneux. And and little things like the stadium announcer still being excited help with that kind of that preparation, keeping it as as normal as possible. And um, it certainly lifted the mood for for us as well. It, of course, not the same, uh, not having fans there, but Wolves. You know, certainly did their best to try and replicate some sort of normality. Yeah, they, they did a great job, Joe. And I've got to just come back to that that mosaic. I mean, a lot of people who paid their seven pounds, and I think a few people who who didn't and are, and are regretting it now. We, we've seen different different ways of using the fans in in all over the world in in different sports. And I think most people thought it'd just be a picture on a on a banner or a, a cardboard cutout, or whatever. But I mean, Wolves kept it under wraps very very well for the beautiful mosaic that they did. And it was unbelievable. I'm sure everyone's seen it now. Uh, we'll put a few pictures on, I think, with this podcast, Joe. You might you might tweet a few out. But it's basically got, you know, it is all the fans, but it's it's in this beautiful mosaic of, of all the players and Nuno filling the South Bank. It looked absolutely superb. haven't seen any other club do a better job than that. And it was just, well, it took your breath away. Well, it was, it was just so imaginative and kind of unique as you say um you've seen like the banners covering the seats which does look better doesn't it i can see why all the clubs have done it it looks better than just kind of seeing empty seats um yeah but you know some were some have been a bit lackluster and just kind of in the colors yeah yeah token in the colors of their teams whatever yeah um, but you know, wolves had the the big mosaic. They had the the, lo- the lobos wolves. Um, you know, kind of new now head and the kind of phrases aren't dotted around the ground as well. Yeah, and yeah, look really look really good. And it, as we say, the, those little things and the, the the like the kind of piping in the crowd noise when Traore went off. The kind of you know, oh Adama Traore. It was like coming <laughs> out of the uh, PA. So yeah, it's. Um, it's small things, but it all helps, and um, you know it, it was it was it could it could have been a lot worse. That, that that's, that's what you'd say. It could have been really soulless and really kind of um, disheartening to be there. To be fair, but in the end, it was it was all right. Yeah, and they've adapted so well. 
I think over these two games, and a lot of people were tipping them to, to do very well. They've got a decent run in. These two games were were obviously winnable on paper, as are, as are the next few, to be honest. When, you, when you're looking at it now and looking at the way that they've started, who who has impressed you uh, and hit the ground running f- from the first two games, would you say, Joe? Do you want me to give you the obvious answer? Give me the obvious answer and then give me the alternative. Okay. Um, as, I, as I, can I, if you talk for more than a minute and a half, I can have this donut peach. Because it's, I mean, it is peachy weather. And we bought the, I bought these some Waitroses. I know you want, you're not a Waitrose a guy. A donut peach? But it's a what? donut peach. So, so it, it's basically, well, it is what it, is what it says. It, it's, it's a peach in the form of a donut. It's not a donut-like consistency. There's no cakey, cakey batter oh. texture here. It is a peach, but it's kind of like a flat peach. But when they've got... Now, peaches, peaches are a little bit dodgy because you can have a peach and you know as soon as you bite into it whether it's, whether it's, it's gone completely or it's just not ripe. This is in perfect, perfect working condition. The juice... Oh my God! It's going everywhere. So I've got a little bit of um, I've got a careful. Little bit of, I've got a little bit of napkin, and uh, so you oh, go yeah, ahead and talk that. to me about talk to me uh, without me having to having to talk to you and uh, ad lib. Okay, about well I'll the, leave about you the with two games. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna eat it. Okay, I'll leave you with your napkin uh, for your juices that are flying oh. everywhere. Oh um, my God! Please, it's unbelievable. That that made those noises while while I'm trying to. It's Come so on. sweet. It's so juicy. Go on, carry on. Sorry, go on. Oh, Christ. Um, I was going to say that Adama Traore has been outstanding, um, but I think everybody knows that. Um, but I will say it anyway. Um, you know, we spoke a few weeks ago about who could have a big part to play in the, in this final running, and, oh, God, I can just hear you munching away. Sorry, sorry, carry on. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> go on. Um, but it's it's just... You've got a player there that is perfectly set up to take advantage. I think of of these, uh, of these, of these, of this climate of, of, of players playing in in heat, um, perhaps being a bit wary of muscle injuries and things like that. Traore is almost un- impossible to deal with at the best of times, but his strengths are accentuated in this environment, and he has been invaluable for Wolves in these first two games. And it, these these crosses, by the way, did he's put in for Jimenez's goals? Unbelievable! They're David Beckham esque. They really are. They're they're, they're absolute pinpoint um, on on a on a on a silver platter. I mean, on reflection, I think I said Jimenez's was a simple finish in my report. I mean, having watched it back, he did he did have he did have more to do. Um, than, than he did at West Ham. It, it was a good header. I mean, he did his part as well. It probably wasn't as straightforward a finish as I made it out uh, to be. But um, still, for a striker of that calibre, uh, the, those crosses from Traore are the stuff of dreams. They're, you know, they're exactly the service uh, that you'd want. And um, Traore has just been exceptional to, to get him with that product in the final third now. And consistently delivering crosses to, to that high standard is just it's just exceptional. He's such a weapon for Wolves to have. And going into Villa, he's going to be whether it's up from the start or as a substitute. He's going to be keen to prove a point as well because we've seen such an improvement at, from him over the past twelve months. And he wants to show Villa a club where he didn't exactly go right for him. Just how far he's come. Yeah, and and he didn't have it all his own way first half, did he? And, no. and I thought Bournemouth did a pretty good job, and they had to swap, and and, and you know, Jota struggled, 
I thought, in this game. But, but they swapped and they swapped flanks as well towards the end of the first half. But he kept on going. And the second half, he was, he was getting a lot more... Uh, you know, a, a lot more confidence, I think, down the wing. His, his deliveries were good. That wasn't just the only cross he put. He put in a couple of belters, to be honest, before before that one with Raul. And he's he's such a weapon, whether whether it's from the start or on the bench. And, you know, in, in some ways now, teams and, and, and left left backs and, and, you know, and left wingers, Nuno can play with the heads now because they'll be second-guessing whether he's going to start or not in games. And he may do, he might not. You know, it's, we're second-guessing whether he's going to start because of these formation changes, which is great. That's a great string to have, you know. I mean, to, to your bow is that is that you can play with the opposition because you have no idea what, what, what you're going to have, what you're going to be able to face. And fingers crossed then, and, and look, I don't want to preempt anything but the good thing about these two games for a damn with a half an hour at West Ham and the 90 minutes yesterday is is touch wood that shoulder is okay you know he, he's come off he came off yesterday oh sorry not 90 minutes he came off at 70 but he's he's rested and he looks fit he does he does he does he looks in very good shape um and I was kind of thinking that they may go three five two again at Villa, but the 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 may the kind of thing that is swaying me more towards three four three is the fact that he came off with uh, twenty minutes to go. I think you know you're kind of keeping him as fresh as possible. Um, you want to get him running at Matt Target, didn't you? Uh, <laughs> get it, get him running at Target, and you know as as much as a you know physical um, the kind of thing it is. It, it, it's a mental thing as well, as you say, because a, a fullback they're thinking, right, is he going to start? Is he, am I going to have to deal with him from the start? And then if he doesn't start, it's it's almost as if God just dreading the moment that he that he comes on. Um, it's it's it, either way, it's, uh, it's such an incredible uh, kind of advantage to have. Um, and it, long may it continue. He, he's he's great form. I'll, I'll say as well. I think uh, Willie Bolly has been. Has been really good. Um, just looking so solid at the back. I mean, he's not been um, majorly tested in both games, but that's probably down to just to how easy he makes defending in general look. Um, in kind of things that may trouble other defenders, um, kind of moments of pressure or the headers that he's got to win. He just makes it all look a walk in the park, really. And with him on song at the back and with Traore doing the things that he's doing going forward Wolves have got all the chance of uh, in the world of, of, of carrying on winning games yeah I mean I've said before I think Bolly's in the in the top two or three central defenders in, in the country I, I, I do believe that what's what's the latest with his contract, contract? there's a little bit of confusion um, as, as to when he signed up to what, is he is he here for, for quite a few years to come or is it at the end of next season what's the latest so it's obviously reports about him perhaps signing a new contract. Um, kind of checked in with the club earlier on this week, kind of and checked checked it out with with a few people, and it seems to be that they kind of think he's contracted till twenty twenty three. So that would mean that he would have signed a five year deal um, when he first arrived in in twenty eighteen on a permanent basis. Um, the the situation with the co- contracts and perhaps signing a new contract may still stand. Uh, told it's not something that um, is perhaps the the biggest kind of priority if he is um, it contracts until twenty twenty three. That seems to be the belief. But either way, I, I don't think there's any 
uh, Scout to worry about his future, to be honest. He seems happy at Wolves. Um, and, you know, I think there was something similar a few months back. Of course, not as high profile a player, but Max Kilman. If you look at his contract situation online, it said it said it expired in 2021. Where actually, well, no, it said it expired this summer. Where actually his contract runs till 2022, and with Bolly, it says it expires in 2021. But the belief is that his contract actually runs till 2023. So either way, you know, Wolves have got a, a top class defender there, and uh, you know the the belief is that he's going to stay with Wolves for for these years to come. Yeah. And um, these guys, and let's let's hope they finish in the top four, top five. Will all be on big bonuses, and I'm sure there'll be some some clauses that'll be triggered, and and there might be some clauses for new deals as well, and improved deals because they're doing so so well. And and the longer they sign for, and if they get improved terms, I think some of these guys really deserve it. And if they're going to commit the future to Wolves, then then absolutely, you know, the, these guys get paid very well, and, and so they should do. Uh, you, you look at some of the players who Wolves have, have faced, even in these last two games, and. Uh, they just look like a shadow of themselves, don't they? And and if you're a fan of, of Bournemouth or West Ham, and you're seeing people not pulling their weight and on astronomical wages and, and big long deals and don't look disinterested, it's uh, it's very frustrating. But that's 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 why Nuno is so special that he's got all these teams together, this team together, and they just look absolutely delighted to be together again, don't they? It's like it's like a bunch of friends. Yeah, the the camaraderie is massive, and I know that. That might come across as a bit cliche to some, um, just talking about that team spirit. But they really are united, and you talk about believing. What, a bit like it. the BT. United. Oh, united. God. That's I'm what we got. Pan in last night from the fans. I watched the highlights last night. I definitely on, heard United. It was come on, you Reds, weren't he? Oh my God. <laughs> Shocking. Astonishing. Astonishing. To be honest, I'll watch it without the crowd noise anyway. But mm. um, now, um, you know, you've got this team. That yeah. are really all singing from the same in sheets, and that and they say it, but they they actually believe it. This is the, the kind of the way they work. They're all behind new now, um, you know. And I, I think I, I'm personally, you know, I think that new now will sort sort his future. You know, when the when when the time is right. I mean, I think we'll come to the end of this season, and and that's when the the real the real talks can can take place. But um, I think this this is. This is me completely speculative. I think he'll sign a new deal. I think he'll be on, you know, a, a huge contract. Um, I think that he'll be on a, a massive raise as, as he as he deserves. But I think there will be the understanding that if someone Galactico comes in, then Wolves will allow him to speak to you know if the time is right as a, as, a, as a goodwill as a gesture of, of, as a thank you. That's what I think. It won't be like no, we're rejecting any kind of approach. I think if. You know, and, and if, if a Real Madrid or a Barcelona or, you know, a Man City come in for him, let's say, and they say, Liverpool, you never know where Klopp's going to be in two or three years, and they say, we want to speak to Nuno. I don't think as Wolverhampton Wanderers you can you can begrudge him speaking to them, and I think that will probably be written in an, an understanding in any kind of contract that will be signed. Yeah, I think something like that, yeah, would make a lot of sense, really. Um, then Wolves get the big huge compensation or whatever yeah. compensation they're going to get you know Nuno is happy because he knows that he's not going to be blocked but at the same time if someone comes in which is a sidestep for him or even a little bit for, you know, further up the ladder I don't think he'll want to leave Wolves I think mm. now he's in he's in a huge 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 club 
Um, and I think a, a big club might, you know, I think if he was offered Spurs or Arsenal, I'd, I don't think he'd go there. No, I honestly no. don't. I think I think he'd be quite happy at Wolves. So, you know, that we wouldn't have said that at the start. Of course not. You know, people were saying, a lot of people in the written press were saying, this could be a stepping stone for him to, to a team like an Everton and then another big team. And it was almost like, the, you know, two more moves he had to make. I mean, that's gone now. Uh, you, you look at the teams like Arsenal and Spurs now, way behind Wolves, and you think, well, the, the Wolves are on par with them, if not better, that he has, it is either a huge, huge Galactico club or no one. Yeah, and you know that situation that you alluded to there, that, is, that would be kind of a, everybody's a winner, really. But you look at Wolves now, um, you, you mentioned uh, Arsenal. I mean, they seem to be. I mean, I know Wolves have heavy links with with, with George Mendes, but you know, Kia Jarabchian is is kind of having a lot of influence on proceedings there. Um, you know, I don't think Nuno would get the say that he does at Wolves at a club like Arsenal, and I don't think he'd get the say, you know, as he does at Wolves at a Tottenham or you know a lot a lot of those clubs. You know, Nuno, um, the whole club is in his vision. Really, at Wolves, you know, we've said it before, but you know, all the academy teams—they play the the free at the back. Everything is modelled around Nuno's way of playing football, and Nuno has the say when it comes to transfers. Nuno has the say of a kind of the the you know the 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 coaching staff and and the medical team. It's all kind of built around one big vision, and that's Nuno's vision. And and you're not going to get that anywhere. I mean, yeah, we're not we're not silly. There is always the possibility that that a, a big club could come in. You mentioned a, a Barcelona or a Real Madrid, and they say we want him. He's our man. We'll give you this, and that 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 could happen. But at Wolves, he has got all the kind of working conditions that a manager could of, of his ilk and of his philosophy could really ask for. They've got the financial power. I mean, you're looking at the clubs like uh, uh, Tottenham, who are, you know, quite now, quite famously, quite, you know, stringent when it comes to their spending under under Daniel Levy. I, I think Wolves have have got every kind of scope really to to make that leap now. Um, you know, not just be kind of a even just like a European chaser, but a real kind of genuine contender for, for kind of Europa League football and Champions League football year on year. And um, as long as that ambition is stated by Wolves, I think Nuno will be happy to stay. Wolves' next six games, Aston Villa away, fighting for their lives and have been pretty, pretty poor. Arsenal at home in disarray, just been beaten by Brighton and look like a shadow of the former selves. Sheffield United away have gone off the face of the planet <laughs> and uh, again yeah. struggling with contracts, with def- with, with with injuries and uh, yeah, just the, the the break has obviously not helped them whatsoever. Everton at home, difficult game, but obviously very much winnable. Burnley away, just been thwacked by Man City again. Loads of contract issues of of team of, of players who are not going to be playing for them till the end of the season. Palace at home, just been smashed to pieces by Liverpool at home. And then you've got Chelsea away. Those six games, Villa, Arsenal, Sheffield United, Everton, Burnley, Palace, it's probably not going to happen. But if you want to get fourth, 
If you want to get fourth, if you want to knock on the door to third, but probably get fourth and maybe probably fifth, if you if you could win all those games, you could win. Wolves could win the next six games. They could win the first eight out the out the first nine. They really could, or they could even win seven and draw one. I'm you're looking at it, and I'm struggling to see where. There's kind of a loss in there. I think, what was my prediction the other week? I think it was just the Chelsea game that I thought that, that you know, they'd, they'd lose. Um, I mean, we'll see how it, that kind of shapes up as, as the weeks go by. But I think I initially said that Arsenal would be a draw. I mean, you can easily see that being a win now um, in the current climate. I said Sheffield United would be a draw. I think that could be a win. Uh, but that, that three-game run still is of massive, massive importance. You look at uh, Everton, Palace, Burnley. They're, they're going to be three teams that have got you know very little to play for. And I really think that's there for the taking. I think the the outcome of those three games will have a massive bearing on, on where Wolves finish. At the moment, I'd probably say that they'll finish either sixth or fifth. I, 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 I still think, you know, I think we'll go into it in a second, but... Man United and Chelsea still have some good runnings. I mean, Wolves have a good running, but those two are the only two that have got better runnings. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about that. So, Man United, so Chelsea are in fourth on fifty-one points. They play uh, Manchester City. We all want Manchester City to win that game. Whether whether this has come out, you know, before or after the game, whether you're listening to it, you'll know the result there. But I think anything apart from a Chelsea win, and that that keeps that keeps Wolves within three points of Chelsea. Um, so Chelsea fourth. 51 points, Man United 5th, 49, Wolves 6th, 49, United got a better goal difference than Wolves 7, and then, you, then you're 4 points below, you've got Spurs and, and Arsenal, and you've got, you've got 9 points behind them, so um, you know, Sheffield United I don't think are going to be in it now, Palace aren't going to be in the, in the mix, so you think at worst case scenario, probably well not worst case scenario, but you think very likely to be Europa League football next season and probably straight into the group stages. So no qualifiers. Nuno, as after this season, will not want qualifiers going to the Europa League. So if they can go straight into a group stage, that will be great. But yes, Champions League, we'll find out about Manchester City midway through July, I feel. Um, I'm going to... The running for Chelsea and Manchester United, unfortunately for Wolves, like you say, Joe, they've got the best two runnings out of any Premier League club. First and second. Man United have got the best. Man United's next six. Brighton, Bournemouth, Villa, Southampton, Palace. Chelsea's Chelsea's next six after tonight. West Ham, Watford, Palace, Sheffield United, Norwich. So yeah. both incredible fixtures. Unfortunately for Wolves, Wolves, Wolves have got, uh, from a difficulty point of view, the seventh easiest running. Uh, Villa, Arsenal, Sheffield, Everton, Burnley... And I'm gonna I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Leicester in this as well because Wolves are only six points behind Leicester, and Leicester haven't. Leicester have got one a little bit of a, a more a harder path. Everton away, Palace at home, Arsenal away, Bournemouth away, Sheffield United at home. I mean that Bournemouth away might not be easy for for Leicester because that that could be the nitty gritty for them whether they're going to stay in the league or not. Arsenal away isn't isn't a slam dunk by any means. Everton away, Everton are playing some decent football at the moment, so. You know, that's six points. If Wolves can if Wolves can win against Villa on Saturday and, and Leicester get beat at Everton, all of a sudden that's three points. Three points between the two sides. And that's Leicester in third. So I think, Joe, honestly, Leicester could be the ones who might who Wolves could have their eye on to maybe even drop out of that of that top five 
and, and Wolves leapfrog and maybe finish fifth. That, that's what I would say. I could I could see I can see Chelsea finishing third. I can see Man United finishing fourth. I can see Wolves finishing fifth, and that would be unbelievable. Let's just hope that City get at least penalised for one season, and uh, the dream could be on of Champions League football before they even get to the Europas. Yeah, I, I think um, Leicester. Yeah, I, I, that. I mean, whether they'll drop all the way down to six, I'm not quite sure. But I don't think they'll finish third. Um, I, I think they will be leapfrogged into third. Six points, six points behind, and they've got a good goal difference. I'll give them that, but only six points behind. I mean, you know, let's see what they do in the next couple of games. But if that's that could be two points or three points or one point going into the last day, then yeah. then great. And I, and I think Nuno's Nuno will, even though he doesn't look at the table. He's lying. He knows exactly <laughs> where wolves are. He could he could recite it to any single person who wanted to know at this moment in time. I promise you that. But he'll be secretly thinking, right? Okay, let's. We, we, there's two points between us and Chelsea at this moment in time. I'm talking about this as they haven't faced Manchester City yet because we're recording this Thursday afternoon. There's two points between those two sides. If I can get to the last game of the season and I'm two points behind Chelsea, I'll take that. If I can go to a, a, a winner-take-all game, going to that last game, where a win gets us Champions League football and leapfrogs over Chelsea, I'll take that. I'll take a one-off game. And why shouldn't they? I'd fancy them. Yeah, I, I think you know the more you look at it, there's going to be something riding on, on that Chelsea game, isn't there? Um, I think both teams will probably go into it stronger. They're going to you know, pick up a good set of results going into it. Um, for, if, if I had to you know, say a toss of the coin, I, I think Wolves will... Probably finish fifth or sixth. Uh, 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 that that is me at the moment. Maybe that comes up, uh, across as a little bit pessimistic, but um, and I've kind of got the feeling that City may get away with it. Um, what two, two years to zero? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I've just. I don't, it's not based on you know kind of inside information or anything like that. I've just got a feeling that they'll get away with well, it. Well, obviously. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I've I I just got a feeling City will go, get away with it. Hopefully, though, we'll now by, as we should now by early July, and Wolves should now where, where they finish and what they'll get from finishing there. But um, even if Wolves do finish fifth or sixth, I think they can win the Europa League. Um, even with this, um, you know, kind of tournament setting. Uh, that's, I mean, of course, Olympiacos. That's still a bit up in the air, but. Um, there's not a team in that competition that I think are unequivocally better than Wolves. Uh, United are the obvious danger, aren't they? I mean, they, 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 yeah, they but smashed Sheffield United last night. They've got they've got Rashford back. Martial looks like he's 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 you know pulled his finger out now. Pogba, Fernandez. They've, they've got some good players going forward, but by no means are Wolves outmatched against them. No, no, they're they're, they're pretty much tip for tap. You know, they're they're. Their level, that I consider them, you know, on the same on the same footing completely. So, um, you know, there's not a better team than Wolves in that Europa League, and Wolves are very evenly matched with these teams in the race for the, you know, Europe in, in the Premier League. But um, we'll just, I guess, kind of take the new and our approach. We'll take it a game at a time. But if Wolves keep racking up wins, then it's only going to bode well. Yeah, great as well. Um, that that from July the fourth with the the social dis- distancing being relaxed, that you can actually have some friends, albeit a metre apart, but in your household to watch the games as well, which I think is huge. I yeah. think that's really important for for people, you know, not just for, for mental health, but but for people, you know, when you can't get into to watch the games and you can't get into Molyneux, 
or travel away from them. You want to be watching it with your mates, don't you? And I know a lot of the family, it's great that they can they can sit together. But the fact that you can take a beer around someone else's house from July the 4th uh, and watch Wolves against Arsenal and, uh, you know, have a little bit of crack will, will, will be great. Great for the fans. And at the end of the day, they're the most important people. Yeah, I think it was one of the Arsenal reporters who said um, they're bringing that in on July 4th just so that now Gunners fans can... Uh, down, it, down a few points with the mates after getting spanked by Wolves. I think that was one of the Arsenal reporters, actually. Oh, brilliant. Um, I believe we let into the air. <laughs> into yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, no, it was, um, it, it's, it's obviously good and, it, you know, I think things are taking a step in the right direction. It's it's not um, the football we'd want for now, but kind of, as, as more things uh, progress, it looks like, Come next season, fingers crossed, we'll we'll have fans back in at in at least uh, some capacity. Right, we're going to preview Vila Vila in a bit, but first of all, we're going to take some questions. We've got uh, Mr. Luke Hatfield coming on, uh, who is uh, my colleague at work and also an Aston Villa fan, so he's going to come on and uh, probably be a bit miserable at this moment in time, as you can understand with uh, the run that they're on. But uh, he's going to come in and give us a little bit of a Villa lowdown. But first, we'll we'll take questions from the peeps. First of all, Gail Holford says, uh, use one word to describe that mosaic. Mm. Tremendous. Tremendous. Okay. Uh, Gail, I'm going I'm to use a, I'm going to use a sound. Oh. Oh, God. That's how good it was. Mm. Reggie, Joe Nath, really couldn't have asked for a better restart. Two wins in two, six points out of six, uh, six clean sheets out of seven. Boom, he says, Reggie. Boom. Nathan, really enjoyed your live Facebook watch along for the West Ham game. Will you be doing that again? Yours and Lana's reaction to the goals were priceless. Yes, thank you very much to everyone who joined in my, my little watch along at West Ham. Uh, for people who didn't, where, where were you? Where Where were you? Where were you? Where were, where were you, you Delia? Where um, were you? Uh, so, um, <laughs> not not insinuating that you had a couple of alcoholic beverages there, Joe. Were you? You were just you were just changing your changing your vo- vocal cords. Oh, she was off a trolley. What? It's astonishing. <laughs> I'd say all the best getting into Cairo next year, but I, I don't think. How are you going to worry about that? My, 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 <laughs> I'm dropping the FA Cup. Uh, right. So. Um, Yes, uh, yeah, we it was it was fun. I really enjoyed it. Obviously, it was great to get the result. Um, and uh, for, for people who didn't know, so about fifteen minutes before the start of start of the game, I, I go on live on Facebook, so you can click on the link and and come and watch me uh, watch the game. But chatting away to everybody as well. There were so many people who came online. I think we had four, four hundred, five hundred people asking questions throughout from all over the world. Joe, it was great. We had we had all the Mexican supporters there. Mm. So they were all loving Si Senor. Uh, we had a lot of Scandinavians on there. We had Aussies on there. We had Russians on there. We had English on there. Um, oh, Ireland, Ireland was represented. Northern Ireland was represented. Uh, you know, Americans. It, w- it was fantastic to see everyone together. And look, I'm not asking you to to tune in for the whole, you know, two hours of, of me having a chat with you guys and watching the game at the same time. But but dip in, dip out, come and say hello before the game, at second half, or or you know, a bit in the first half or half time. I'm going to be on for the whole time. The dogs were with me. Alana came in. She she we we poured a delicious bottle of red wine that we had no idea how pricey it was because we got it from a present. So we we got the peeps to Google it, Joe. Forty quid a bottle it was, a South oh. African, uh, yeah. de- decent cap, delicious, absolutely amazing. Had some Moroccan couscous. We celebrated the goals. I went a little bit over the top, uh, as you would <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. It's probably no more as you see me in the press box, to be honest. But I think some of them couldn't quite believe. But it was it was it was great to watch. And it when you haven't seen football, Joe, for over a hundred days, 
you got a little bit of pent up frustration there. You know what I mean? When you haven't had something that you want mm. for such a long time, that release, you know that release. It's powerful, oh, yeah. isn't it? It's powerful. Well, that, so, that, um, that Neto goal would, would oh, ring on that oh, release. Oh, Thunder bastard, unbelievable, absolutely <laughs> superb. So, yeah, I'm going to be doing it for Villa as well. Joe, you're going to be at Villa Park. Um, yes. I'm going to be at home uh, with the dogs and Alana. So, come in. Uh, I, I can't guarantee that... Uh, well, I said we could Villa as well, so I can't, I can't be too crazy. Can't be too crazy. Um, I might be impartial, but I'll be... I'm, like, you what, who am I lying to? You We're going to go all wolves. I don't care. We'll be all wolves. We'll be all wolves. And fingers crossed we've got something to celebrate with. Um, so, so yes, I shall be doing the watch along this weekend. Reggie and I will be sending out details on Friday and Saturday as well for how you can join. Very, very simple, but thank you. Steve Wolf from Bristol. Hypothetical question. Fulham get promoted and offer us Mitrovic plus £30 million for Jimenez. Do you take it? No. Oh, Steve, have you been on the vino? Have you been on? Have you been on the acid? Have you been on? Have you been on some vodka? <laughs> it's absolutely astonishing. Come on, Steve, you're better than that. First of all, Fulham. I'm not convinced that they're going to get through in the playoffs, especially after the opening game. Uh, they, look, they look bang average. Mitrovic and Jimenez. Maybe at the start of the season, you might think, oh, well, Mitrovic is a poor man's Jimenez. He's not even a poor man's version. He's, he's, you can't touch Jimenez. He's one of the best strikers in the world, let yeah. alone in the country. Thirty million pound plus. I tell you what, 120 million plus. And Mitrovic, I might think about it. Thirty million plus, plus. No offence, Raul is not going to go from Wolverhampton Wanderers to Fulham anytime soon. I tell you, unless it's Champ Man. Oh God, yeah. Oh yeah, that has never happened, is it? But I mean, Fulham might come up because uh, seems like Leeds are having a wobble again. Oh, um, little wobble. Did, did, did you watch? Did you watch that game? Uh, Leeds. I did not. Leeds I, Blues. I, I did not know. I, 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 I'm, apart. So, I'm sorry to say, but I know. I know we have a. You know, I know we like him and. It, I, I used to love him in his time at Wolves, but Elder Costa was awful. He was really, he? He was really bad. Um, I mean, I hope he can turn it around because was he back in the set in, the, in, the, in his back in the starting lineup on right wing? You know where he should be kind of creating magic, but he was just completely absent. Um, like uh, like when he was towards the end of Wolves, where he yeah, just, he'd lost yeah. all his comments. Was it that same just, kind of Costa? Just, yeah, I mean, all the fans are Leeds' perspective are saying, "Oh, uh, at least we don't have to pay sixteen million for him in the summer." Oh, wait, it's it, it's kind of that kind of vibe. Um, oh God, he just he just looks. Un- I mean, yeah, I feel sorry for him though because I like Held Costa. But you know, yeah. but end of the day, they've made some fantastic decisions, haven't they, Wolves? They've really got it right nine mm. times out of ten. You cannot applaud. Uh, that hierarchy enough for, for making the smart decisions and getting the deals when yeah. when you know that the other clubs who are desperate to get into the Premier League, um, you know you can. I'm not going to say you can take advantage of them, but you can get the best deal possible for you because you know that they 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 want any kind of you know glimpse of, of, of something special and in their eyes try and get them on the cheap before they before they take them into the Premier League. So brilliant, brilliant from the club. Yeah, brilliant piece of business. I hope you can turn it around personally, but uh, from a Wolves hard now's business perspective, absolute uh, stormer of a deal, really. Paul Mansell, defensive midfielders used uh, used to be big athletes that could get around the pitch and break play up. Is Ruben Neves showing that he's, he's how much that role has changed now? And is there a better defensive midfielder in the Premier League? That role has changed a lot. That's a, that, that that is a good point. Um, I, for, I forget who it was with, but. Um, Cesc Fabregas did a piece not long back talking about how midfield, how kind of the art of mid- being a midfielder has just really changed. Yeah, I think and, it's with the Athletic. I think it was a good piece actually. Yeah, yeah, and um, kind of you know how, how he knew that his time in the Premier League had come to an end because 
teams are looking for a completely different type of midfielder now. And mm. I think Kante's, your Ndidi's, those type yeah. of players, and Neves, but Neves's range of passing is all the more impressive because not only has he got that defensive quality now, but the way that he can spread and move ball so quickly. And 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 when you're banging forty yard balls, it's not just for aesthetically pleasing purposes. You know, you've got a Jota or you've got a Troyer running on the end of it. You're stretching teams straight away with that. Yeah, exactly. But like Neves, is, is you know, if you're putting him next to Engala Kante in terms of off the ball stuff, and Engans, you know, Kante wins out every time. But Neves, I think, has evolved and made more steps in that off the ball work. I think it has improved drastically. I think we saw it before the break um, that he'd, his energy levels seem to have gone up, and his appetite for winning the ball back has increased. Um, I don't know if he's you know, kind of on a different diet or a different kind of training plan, but he just looks to have that extra kind of zip about him. And gladly, it's uh, it's carried on you know up on the restart. So it's it's a very encouraging sign because we know how good Neves is uh, is with the ball, but off the ball is becoming very good as well and becoming that well-rounded midfielder that he's uh, you know always had the potential to be really. King Wolf, any news on the Wolves women in the restart? Uh, they must be raring to get back. Yeah, I haven't heard anything in, in that aspect. And something that's still to be sorted, um, of course, I guess not high on the Premier League's list of priorities, yeah. is the 23s. Mm. Um, I, I haven't been told anything anyway. I've been, checked, been kind of keeping a watching brief on it, but um, they don't know if... Because they, they'd finished bottom of the league when the season was, was voided, but they don't know... Um, if they're going down or staying in the division that they're that they're in, I mean, um, maybe not of like uh, you know astronomic importance, you know, to the club as a whole. But um, you know, of course, they've invested a lot in the in the academy over the years, and they'd want to be in the top division if they can be. Um, on the women's side, I mean, they were what was it six points clear in their league, and or if if not nine, um, but yeah, that. They're just waiting to find out what's going on. So fingers crossed, we'll get some clarity on both of those soon, and and uh, either way, they can uh, be be strong and get firing again next season. Yeah, Polka and Andy Hadge kind of asked the same question: three four three or three five two versus Vile, says Polka and uh, Andy Hodge. Do you think we should start three midfield and two up top um, in all the remaining games? We'll kind of just we'll kind of discuss that. And we'll go into that in the preview, um, which I know is coming up very shortly. So we'll answer those two. Um, I'm sure we'll get onto onto formations then. Matthew Matthew Scrivo 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 Scrivo. Could the less could the less than dynamic first halves we've seen since the restart be more of a tactical ploy on Wolves' part than rustiness? By doing so, they preserve energy in the first half and finish the game in a 20-minute burst in the second, thus helping longevity for these packed fixtures. I, I think that's a very good point, Scrivo. To be honest, I think there is an element of um, of kind of tactics behind it. Um, of course, Wolves would want to get the game won early on, um, but it's it's not always that way, is it? In in the Premier League, it's 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 not straightforward, um, and I think there is you know a conscious try, train of thought to kind of kind of sucker teams in, kind of perhaps kind of deliberately leave that extra bit of reserve and 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 then kind of hit teams when the least ex- expect it in the in the second half um you know uh, it's 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 kind of i think Connor Cody has alluded to it himself just saying you know that that it is we're kind of just being a bit more patient and believing you know and kind of 
believing in the system and not rushing things and not trying to keep because we asked about why they've kind of done it against the lesser sides this season as opposed to last season and he said the managers told us not to kind of counter attack all the time or try and use the pace all the time or dominate possession all the time it's just kind of about picking your spots and being a bit clever with it and uh Wolves so far have been uh, very clever indeed. George Brown, great to have you both back covering Wolves, lads. After seeing us back in action and also the remaining teams we have got to play, how many points do you think we can realistically get? I feel we are one of the strongest teams that have returned to football. The, we are one of one of the strongest teams, I'd say. I, I don't think many have been... Yes, more, we like, are. Deadly duo. Forget De- Raul and Adama. Edwards and Judah. Jedward. <laughs> hey. um, Judah. Up front, Jed, Jedward on the end of a... No, mind you though, I've seen you play football, mate, when we went foot golf on the sports test day out. That's not, uh, that's not football, mate. I, mate, I'm, come, on, come on. I think I'm, not a need... I'm not a footballer, mate, but I'll, I'll be at left back for you and I'll hit the flanks and I'll get on the overlap and I'll take a man out of the game is exactly what I'll do. Okay, so you're the Johnny Castro Otto. I'm, of, I'm, uh... I'm very much a Johnny Castro Otto. Okay, okay, cool. <laughs> decoy runs mate and I'm, just, I'm just going back and forth fart legs up and down the pitch just to try and get a little bit of cardio going mate because I've got a good engine on me I can run I can run yes. for days you know what I mean so that's fine I can be an outlet there you might not want to pass to me but I'll be there just to try and take try and take that, that right back out of the equation mate there we go um, in terms of teams looking sharp um, aside from me and Judah um, mm. it's uh, I think Man-, Man City have looked very good Um but Wolves are in that kind of bracket as well. I mean, two two wins from two. What more can you ask for? And especially when teams ran Wolves, well, that were ran Wolves in the table. You look at Arsenal losing both games and kind of showing themselves up, really. They've been quite embarrassing, to be honest. I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes next week. I mean, the, the dynamic could easily change in a week, but... Uh, they've not started well. Sheffield United have just seem, seemingly run out of steam. Whether they turn it around, we'll, we'll we'll wait and see. But I think Wolves, what was it? They finished on last season, 57. They're on, how many is it now? Did, did we say? Uh, so they're currently on um, 49 points. 49. So I think they're going to beat that. I think, I think they're going to beat what they finished on last season. They've got seven games left, so that's a maximum of... 21 points so the, the, the max they can finish on is 70 I'll say they finish at about 62 63 somewhere like that I think there will be a few draws in there um, and, and perhaps a loss um, but yeah I think uh, you know early to mid 60s and I think that'll be uh, pretty good I mean I've kind of changed my opinion on what we did this two weeks ago but I think at the next six games I've taken Chelsea to one side I think at the next six yeah, six. I can see him winning five and drawing one. I honestly can. Mm, yeah. I can see him, I can see him getting sixteen points out of the next six. If they get sixteen points out of the next six, barring whatever happens at Chelsea, they could finish on sixty-five points. Yeah. yeah sixty-five yeah. points will probably be enough for Champions League football. Yeah. Will probably be enough for but Champions League football. Especially with especially if City City's band up is upheld, definitely, yeah. With the craziness of what's gone on this season, they and and look perennially, you want them to be challenging, and of course they are. And if they keep the squad together, they will be challenging in the top, you know, top six, top five, top eight of the table, guaranteed. They might not have a better chance for a long time. There's still some bloody good teams in this Premier League who are going to strengthen, especially no FFP. They are going to strengthen and get stronger. They might have the best chance possible 
for the next two or three or four years to get into the Champions League spots this year. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's there, it's there for them. They've certainly got the quality to do it. I, I think they've got what seven players in the team that have already played Champions League football. They've been there before. I think if you if they got there, you'd back them to do all right in it as well. Uh, who else have we got here? Kev Blow asks, unlikely, but when the season ends, is there a possibility that limited numbers of fans can walk around the ground to look at the flags and mosaics? It looks magnificent. Yeah, that's a good point. What Does he mean, like, not on a match day? Not on or... a match day, yeah. That might be something that they open up, isn't it? Like, a, I'd imagine they'll want to... Um... They no, want to get... showcase it. Whether they do it at, yeah. at Molyneux or not is, is, is another question. I'm what? sure that, in, that they, I mean, they think about everything these days, the Wolves marketing team, you know, as well as the club. And I'm sure they want to share and, and, and they'll want fans to go and see, uh, you know, their faces in the crowd. So whether that's at Molyneux or they bring it out and they put it out, you know, outside, you know, yeah. near the statue or near, near the Sir Jack Hayward statue or whatever. So you can see it all in its glory. I'm sure they will do something for it to be as interactive as possible. Yeah, I think... Um... I think they'll want to get the stadium tours going again uh, at some point. So whether that can be incorporated as part of the stadium tour, maybe, but we'll see. But um, yeah, I think you know whether it's you know virtually or in person, I think Wolves will do something something more on that front. Okay, we're just going to, have to race through these last five questions, Joe. Quick so fire, quick fire, boom, 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 boom. So let's let's be as quick as possible. Lee Smith, uh, with the over announcing FFP will pretty much be removed for next season. Do you think Ferguson will take this opportunity to spend big and close the gap on the big boys, as well as the as well as this will be their only chance without FFP holding them back? Well, kind of got the inkling of you know recently that they wouldn't spend mega bucks on on one you know kind of player like a fifty million or something like that. But you know if they do finish in the Champions League and want to kind of uh, the, the the opinion could 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 soon change. Um, I think it's just a case of playing it by ear. I think where Wolves finish will have a bearing on that um, and how the, how the table is kind of looking. But um, now, if they get in the Champions League, perhaps we'll see uh, a bit more spending than than otherwise. Okay, uh, next one. Uh, Simon Mills, how did more than you look? I mean, we've, we've kind of said it. We, we just look stunning, and, and I'm so yeah. it's such a shame that you know we, we couldn't get to, to show it to you, or you guys couldn't get to see it. But hopefully, I'm putting together a video package as well this moment in time. Probably go on online tomorrow. You, you'll get to see it in all its glory, Simon. But it, it was it was absolutely breathtaking. Uh, Richard says, when Norwich go down, is Brendia worth a shot to get a creative midfielder on the cheap, or would you rather look at an Aaron's or a Cantwell as possible purchases? <sighs> I don't know. A lot of people aren't, aren't big fans of, of buying players who, of buying players who, you know, have, have gone down and have experienced relegation. I can understand both ways. You know, you want to, you want to kind of sieve out the the better te- the, the better players from the, from the struggling sides. And you, mm. you, people will say the same against us with, with Villa and, and with Grealish going. I'm sure Grealish is going to move. You know, regardless whether Villa stay up or not. But the likes of Aaron's Cantwell, I do like them. But are, are they are they damaged goods to a certain extent? I've never really bought into that um, personally. You look at Liverpool; they've signed Andy Robertson and Georgina Wijnaldum from relegated teams, and they've been stars in a in what will be a Premier League winning team. Um, you know, Gary Cahill he, when he went to Chelsea and things like that. I, it, you know, just because a player's been relegated doesn't mean they're a bad player. But at the same time, I don't think anybody from that Norwich team would massively improve Wolves. Um, I think if somebody comes available for the right money, and obviously if Nuno sees something in them, but when you tell, when you say Buendia and Aaron's and and Lewis and people like that, I don't think they're necessarily 
better than what Wolves have got. I, don't, I, I think Wolves, Wolves' lot are better than those players. So if, if it, you know a great player comes up from a relegated team, great. But um, yeah, those ones at Norwich don't really appeal to me personally. Yeah, I think they've got to go for a central midfielder. I think that's important. I think, you know, Matuidi can't go on forever. And I think they need to be maybe someone, like you say, who's 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 pushing and, and can can give assists, can spread it out, a bit of a playmaker. But on the on the, on the flanks, they look they look great. Not, not only have they got, yeah. you know, your front three, but you've got your likes of Podence and, and, and Neto. I mean, they're, fun. they're great for next season, you know, if you keep everyone. So... I think it's more centrally they're going to look at, and obviously at the back as well. But they're in, they're in great shape. Uh, Northern Wolf, two clean sheets, three goals, and two thoroughly professional and convincing wins. Would you stop the season now and take sixth, or play on to see where we can go? I don't know what I'd do. Roll the dice. I, I'd roll the dice now. I think. Gamble. 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 Go for the speedboat. <laughs> yeah, go for the speedboat. There we go. How many times have you played bullseye against yourself, 101 or more? I never got it. I, never, I very rarely to get on the old dartboard. I'm, I'm rubbish at darts. Um, there's one set up, set up at my mum's. Um, strangely, it's still there now. What my brother writ on it. it must have been about 15 years ago. I don't know why he writ it, but he put Eddie's bar. It ain't clean, but it's cheap, and that's still there. There you go, little little tidbit. Don't know why I told you that, but there you go. That's a bit like you, mate. It ain't clean, but it's cheap. <laughs> That was, on, that was a new wedding invite. Um, uh, Aidan Howgate, uh, nothing but three points will do against Villa, so Wolves will hammer them. Um, well, let, let's hope so, and, and let's uh, let's finish on that because we are going to preview the Villa game now. And I think hopping online now is digital sports journalist, uh, my, my my colleague and Aston Villa fan, Mr. Luke Hatfield. Luke Hatfield, are you there? I am here. He is there. He is oh, there. He's here there. he is. Here he is. Welcome, welcome, my friend. Uh, we thank you for joining us. We're, we're previewing the big game, the huge derby um, that is Wolverhampton Wanderers against Aston Villa. Luke, you are Luke. Luke you've seen Luke doing uh, a lot of work, especially with uh, covering West Bromwich Albion. But he is in fact an Aston Villa fan. Or he will tell you he's an Aston Villa fan, or allude to that he's an Aston Villa fan, even though he does show some some West Brom allegiances at times. But he is a Villa fan for this uh, th- these next 10, 15 minutes when we're going to be previewing the game, or maybe a little bit short because we're running out of time. Uh, You've watched them in their in their first few games. What have you made of it? Are they in dire straits? Is this game on Saturday absolute must win or game over? Oh, it's, it's been awkward being an Aston Villa fan since seeing the season start back up because they, they're going to say since 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 1987. <laughs> <laughs> ever ever since 1982. Um, yeah, no, it's it's been awkward for them because they seem to put in a half decent performance against Sheffield United. Obviously, everyone. Who would have watched that game will have will have known Villa got away with it a little bit. I mean, one time in nine thousand games, goal line tech decides to um, you know, go on walkies. Astonishing, by the way, astonishing. Um, but in general, they actually played that game. They played pretty well that game. Um, and then obviously they went up against Chelsea. And I think every Villa fan who was watching that game and every football fan would have understood what Villa were trying to do. They were pretty much playing for a point there. They were lucky to get the goal in the first place because Chelsea it was it was essentially just them peppering. Oyen Nealon's goal and then Courtney Hawes pops up of course you know a former former Wolves man Courtney Hawes pops up and scores all of a sudden Villa got something to hold on to um, but in general it was disappointing and then the Newcastle game again they started pretty well but they lacked a little bit of cutting edge uh, Newcastle got their goal second half and then I mean again Villa were very fortunate to get an equaliser because I don't know how Ahmed Hamadi's header ended up beating John Joe Shelby and Martin Dubravka in goal so it's been a bit awkward for Villa they're in they're in a very worrying position now because you're still in the bottom three 
and you've got this daunting run of fixtures. Wolves obviously in great form, uh, and then you've got Liverpool and Manchester United as well. So they really do need to stop picking up points. I think they've got the worst run in the Premier League. Wolves, Liverpool, Man United, Crystal Palace, Everton. I mean, it is horrible. Where, where were you last day? Last day, it's a West Ham away. West Ham away, I and mean, that could be absolutely massive. And to be honest, I think if you give. Well, Moise had talked about it this week, but I think if Dean Smith was given the chance to have a one-off game to stay in the Premier League at this at this moment in time, he'd probably take it, wouldn't he? Oh, for sure. I mean, there's a lot of fans will be imaginable will be hoping that's the case. If you if you offered every fan following Villa right now an opportunity to stay up on the last day against West Ham, they'd certainly grab it with two hands just because this run is just so so daunting. The Wolves, obviously, Villa Villa lost at Molyneux, um, at Molyneux. Earlier this season, I mean, you've got to welcome them to Villa Park, but Nuno's certainly got walls very well drilled. And the way Villa are, it's either very, it's very much if Jack Grealish plays well, Villa tends to play well. You look around, and you know John McGinn's just still kind of shaking that rust off up front. Ali Samata and Keenan Davis, um, Wesley's obviously out for the season still. Uh, you're playing with a goalkeeper situation which isn't completely clear. Nyland's been the the go-to goalkeeper, but Pepe Reina's been brought in on loan, and, and it's just there's there's question marks over him uh, at the back. I mean, I don't know if you saw the goal uh, which Dwight Gale scored. There were sixes and sevens for that one. There's just so many questions about Villa at the moment, and I don't think confidence that high is that high at the moment. So what what does what does Dean Smith do? What do you think he will do? Uh, for Saturday, will he change it again? Will he will he really recall someone like Keenan Davis and uh, at the expense of Samata? Does he go all out? Does he play two up front? Does he say, "Well, we're probably going to concede here. We need to score a couple." What do you think he'll change around? Because this is a massive, massive game for them. It is a massive game. I would be very surprised to see him go two up front, despite it seeming to work well at Newcastle, because it's not a formation which. Dean Smith tends to favour, especially from the off. He likes to start in a in a four three three. I imagine Davis will be recalled just because he'll want to shore things up against Wolves. He knows uh, what Wolves can do to teams. I think he'll have been looking at Wolves and seen the performances they put in, um, and he will probably look to shore it up initially. It might be a little bit similar to the Chelsea game, which would be disappointing for a lot of Villa fans, especially against you know a local rival in Wolves. Despite not being the main derby for Villa fans, you know it's right up there. Um, I, I imagine it will be Keenan Davis up front. If Villa need a goal, if they're chasing the game, they might go to up top second half. Um, I, the important thing is for Villa get to half time, maybe get a goal. Um, but in terms of confidence, it's not very high. I think if you if you offered a lot of Villa fans a draw, I mean, despite them needing points, they'd probably take it. Really, you think a draw they'd probably take it? Really, with Liverpool and Man United to come out the next three. I'm, 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 I don't know about you, but for me, playing Wolves at the moment, is, it seems a little bit more daunting. I know Manchester United are coming off a great result. Villa seem to play better against Manchester United at Old Trafford than they did at Wolves uh, at Molyneux. So I I think that a lot of Villa fans might might be happy taking draw. Obviously, you'd love three points. And being a home game, you know, you'd love to, to go and put in a performance. If they do, it would surprise me, put it that way. Joe, what are your thoughts on the game and uh, the way that Wolves are set up, but but also um, you know how they how they get through against Villa? You kind of thought it was a draw a couple of weeks ago. Have you changed your mind on that? Yeah, yeah, I've changed my mind. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think Wolves are going to win, um, and I'm feeling a bit lucky, aren't I, with the predictions? Uh, You've done well, done well, two for I've, two, two for two. I, I said it would be two 0 against West Ham and one 0 against uh, Bournemouth. So I'm going to say it's going to be two 0 against Villa. Um, Maybe let's see if I make it three from three. Probably you know, 
fight with Everett will probably fail, fail spectacularly. But um, now I, I think Wolves, you look at all, I know games aren't one on paper, but they have stopped the rot against these uh, ta- teams towards the bottom. They've found a way to grind out results against the lesser sides. They're 100% record so far against the current bottom four. Uh, they've picked up um, 26 points against the bottom six this season as opposed to 14 last season. So it's it's a noticeable improvement against uh, these teams that are kind of shutting up shop and set up to frustrate Wolves, which I'm sure Villa will be. Um, I don't think Villa are going to be that adventurous as Luke alludes to there. So... I think it's a case of Villa trying to hold on to a point, as West Ham did, as Bournemouth did, but Wolves having too much quality in the end, and um, hopefully, um, you know, Wolves can take advantage of what is a shaky defence at Villa. I mean, Luke said it there. Esri Consad just caught napping, and, and you can't do it at the Premier League level. He, he, he watches Dwight Gale. Yeah, it's only for two seconds, but that's all it takes. If you take, if you're two seconds slow to react, you'll get punished. And if he's the same again on Saturday, if it's Diago Jota or it's Raul Jimenez or Adama Traore, they'll punish him as well. Um, so um, I think Wolves feeling confident, feeling good. Villa not so good. Um, there is a chance it could be a draw, um, but I, I do really struggle to see Wolves losing this game of football. Luke, uh, have you got a kind of a prediction uh, formation slash slash uh, team lineup that you think that Smith will pick? Yeah, I imagine it'll be it'll be pretty similar to what we've seen. Probably four three three. Uh Neilan will probably keep his place in goal. Uh left back is worrying for me just because I know for a fact that Damatrior is gonna come on at some point, if not start, and it's Matt Target who will be starting there. Tends to be more forward thinking. Um centre back, it'll be probably be Courtney Hawes and Tyrone Mings once again with Ezri Concer unless uh, Frederick Gilbert is fit. Uh, in midfield, I imagine John McGinn will get the nod. Douglas Louise has been doing well since the restart. Uh, and I imagine he might keep Grealish in the middle of the pitch, just try and get him on the ball. You have the two wingers, Anwar Algarzi and Trezeguet. And then up front, I imagine it will be Keenan Davis. Uh, but I do worry for Villa, especially in that left-back position, just because, as I said, that Traore... I mean, Villa fans know all about him, having spent some time there. He's certainly improved as a player. And he's so, so dangerous. I can't see anyone... Uh, wanting to try and man-mark him. And you've got to think that Villa are going to be very, very tired going into this game because, I mean, Luke knows a bit, but literally my street that I live on here is clustered with Villa down here. <laughs> We've got McGinn lives down my street now. Uh, Courtney Hawes lives down the same street now. Taggart lives down the street now. Bjorn Engels lives there now. It's, 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 literally, it's literally full of Villa. So, so dominoes. Saturday morning, 2am, you're getting four orders to four different addresses. I guarantee you. It's going to be, they're going to be, they're going to be a little bit frustrated. But yeah, they're all over. They're all over. Come on, Wolves, come back here. It's crazy. Oh, someone's dropped a, someone's dropped a bottle. Oh, it was me. It was me. It was me. The, wind, the wind's there. The wind's outside. So uh, yeah, I, I, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun game. Um, I, I think that, I think the looks probably spot on about what it'll go formation wise from a, from a Villa point of view. From a, from a Wolves point of view, Joe, I really don't know. I really don't know where he's going to go back to two. Jota hasn't quite looked himself yet. I wonder, I wonder whether, saying that, big game, big game players will probably go with him, but do you think he'll go two or do you think he'll go three up top? I think he'll go three. I think he'll go three. Um, it's it's a it's a flip, flip of a coin, isn't it? Um, the well, kind I need of... to know, Joe, because of my fantasy team, do I play Traore or not? <laughs> I don't want some, some kind of well, a flip of a well, coin. Well, if, if you were going by the, the trend, it'd be 3-5-2, because it was 3-5-2, 3-4-3, and then back to 3-5-2 would be, you know, if, it, if it's on trend. But 
Yeah, I just think 3-4-3, three, three, uh, as Luke mentioned there, target is a forward-thinking left-back. If Trezeguet is playing a left wing, or if, if Grealish is a, a operating from that left, they're not going to give um, target much help, to be honest. You know, they're, they're, neither of them are defensively thinking players as where, say, a Jota will come back and help players. I don't think either of them will. Um, so, Traore, he's got a point to prove against Villa as well. Um, I think it's set up, you know, there for him to, to get at them from the from the start. But even if he isn't, you know, he'll come on and uh, I'm sure he'll have a big influence on proceedings. And, uh, yeah, I think this is there for, for Wolves to win. Yeah, it's, um, it's going to be... If Traore gets at them, and like you say, he's he's absolutely key. I think I think to this team. Uh, but Dendonka did a really good job. I think people maybe forget yeah. that when they were one nil up against Bournemouth, that he came on the pitch um, and they they defended that league pretty comfortably, even though it was a single goal. So that would that was really encouraging signs from him and from Nuno that that they looked very settled. So yeah, I, I think if I was to make a decision, I think I might go. I might go a damn, especially only playing 70 minutes out out that full nine. To give Jota one more go, and then maybe yes. change it around going into going into the Arsenal game next week. But uh, before we go, thank you very much, gents. We'll go for another prediction. Um, I'll go first. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, Wolves Wolves have it all their own way. I'm going to say Wolverhampton Wanderers two, Aston Villa one. Okay, uh, Luke. Uh, my heart says 1-1 one, one, and Villa getting fortunate again. Okay, okay. Any head going in there? You don't want to, you don't, you don't have a, you don't want to say it on air? 1-0. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Smart, like it, like it. Joe, um, the, man, the man to make it three in a row? 2-0 Wolves with a Jota and a Jimenez. 2-0, you're getting cocky now, mate. You're getting cocky. <laughs> now I'm saying goal scorers as well. People are going to be going straight to... Straight to the betting companies and putting that on. You'll get a nice little, nice little price on that. Boys, thank you very much. Luke, thanks for coming on at the end and previewing the Big Villa. Good luck on Saturday. I hope you finish in the top two. Um, probably second on, on, on the podium on Saturday, though. You never know. Um, Joe, you will be there at Villa Park on Saturday. Yes. Have a good one, mate. Enjoy it. Uh, I'll be doing the watch along from home with wine, maybe some couscous, maybe some more lamb. Um, come and join me with the dogs and Alana uh, not in that order of course of importance uh, and uh, yeah let's hope for three wins out of three from Joe from Luke from me have a great weekend take care bye bye <laughs>